0: What is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you've got them facts today uh, we are going to get into a will ferrell flick this is all part of my will ferrell week uh, he's one of my favorite uh, comedy actors out there i believe and i also believe he's one of the best since the two, since the 2000 so i'm going to get into some of my more some of my favorite roles by him i'm going to start off with his debut in 1998 the night at the roxbury uh, this is co-starring chris kattan they play two brothers stud sorry doug and steve butabi uh, he also got a Somewhat of a star set of cast for the time period. Uh, you got Dan Hadai in here playing the father, Kamel Butabi. You also got Molly Shannon in here right at the rise of her fame. Uh, she's playing em- Emily Sanderson, who was supposedly the love interest of Steve Butabi, but we will get into that in just a second. Uh, we also got Jennifer Coolidge in this one playing. Uh, well will welfare's true love interest the hot cop and then we also got a, a cameo from uh, Michael Clark Duncan rest in peace to him he plays one of the bouncers in this movie uh, you also got a cameo from Richard Grico uh from the 90s the older folks would know uh what I'm talking about though anybody 25 and younger and even some some people up to 25 is not going to know my my age might not even know who that is you also got Colin Quinn in this one which is a, who is a solid uh stand up comedian and has played in some uh some notable roles as well, uh, such as grown-ups, at least. In the, in the more recent times, uh, he plays Dewey, who is the club owner, Benny Zadir. Uh, he's the club owner of the Roxbury, Benny Zadir. He is played by Chaz Palmetieri, who is uncredited in this film for some reason. Uh, but let's get into the plot a little bit and what it's all about. Two brothers, like I said, Steve and Doug, they are looking to get in the hottest club and on the scene, which is the, the Roxbury. Uh, but of course, they don't have the swag to get in. Uh, this is pretty much a. Uh, a spin-off of their of their famous SNL skit when they pretty much uh, weren't necessarily trying to get into a specific club, but were definitely in clubs and trying to get at certain women. It just didn't didn't work. And the whole point was for them to pretty much be as thirsty as possible and for them to get rejected as coldly as possible. So, uh, that's pretty much uh, what it was all about there. Just them being goofy and just, ha- you know, trying to have the most fun as possible. But uh, there comes a point, again, like I said, they, they're trying to get into the Roxbury and they just, it just doesn't work for them. Uh, but what happens is Doug decides, well, you know, I'm gonna make my own club. I'm gonna make my own club, and we can get in, of course. And you know, it's not gonna discriminate, you know, because about about social status and about who's cool and who's not. So basically, you know, a, a place for everybody. And uh, through the course of the movie, eventually they are able to get in uh, to the Roxbury. So you would think. Uh, Everything's over, right? Well, not necessarily. They're able to get in there, like I said, and meet up with the the, the owner, excuse me, Benny's a deer, and they are able to strike a friendship. They're both crazy. Uh, He's goofy. They're goofy. He's talking about, did you touch my butt? They're like, no. Do you want to? He's off the wall. They like. They like him. He likes them. And like I said, they form some type of uh, camaraderie just do their own goofiness and uh they begin to talk about their club he likes the idea of the club and he's willing to do work with them and uh and they he, he well hot well you know unknowingly he starts to put in work for that for them uh but in the course of them trying to get back to him and trying to meet up with him again, your boy Dewey is hating on the sideline, pretty much doing everything he can do uh, to keep them away from him, kidnapping them, beating them up, all type of shit. Tell him, just tell him, stay away from him, all this, that, and other. But it doesn't work. Uh, they eventually meet up near the end. Uh, but this one is really, I mean, you know, it seems like it's cut and dry. Oh, they're just at the club. They're just getting at women. But, uh, you know, there, it's, it's, first of all, I think people get super, I don't know. I, it's... It's a comedy movie so i think people take you know the critical you know the critical part of it the critical thinking and they want to really be a critic when it you know when it doesn't really count for it i don't think this movie is is all that deep in order for you to really you know want to be super critical about it yeah the plot is a little bit thin but again it's just about clubbing and it's about having fun like the fact that they were able to make it 82 minutes and make it somewhat interesting and, and laughable and, and make you know it made laughs that's the biggest important thing, because again, it's a comedy, and again, if it was terrible, I don't think Will Ferrell would be who he is today. Molly Shannon would be who he would be who she is today. I don't think Chris Kattan could even find a uh, an avenue as well. So, again, you you can you can say what you want. People can you know say what they want about it, but it worked at the time, and I think it was a reflection of the time period, especially with the soundtrack, especially how uh, they placed the music throughout the you know throughout the movie uh this was a 90s movie thin and thin uh, thick and through you had uh what is love that one of the main you know club anthems of the 90s being played you have beautiful life by of base you had 90s all over this you had ecstasy songs you had thoughts in this movie you had the beginning of the thoughts again you see thoughts peeping the peeping the brothers out when they talking to the deer mind you the two brothers been getting roasted and lambasted the entire time you know they try to get at these females, but finally, you know, a group of feet or a couple of females spot them with the club owner. Because they're spotted with the club owner, they, it is assumed that guess what? They got some money too, which they do. But they hella goofy, and it wasn't worth it. For them they end up blowing the guys off anyways. But <laughs> they just goofballs. You, I mean, they were so goofy they didn't even understand, you know, what was happening when. They, the thoughts got him so i i mean it was it was goofball off all, all, all throughout the movie i i don't see how people could just diss it just like that because that's what it was supposed to be the, the two guys you know they dance they dance together the same way they do a little head and not of course it was, be, was supposed to be taken not as seriously they the dude was slamming his head up against the window he broke the window like come on man He's like that's the third one this week steve sorry like dude these dudes were crazy but it worked i mean again and i think the funny thing is is that i think it was so goofy that people kind of you know missed the message and because in the end beans a deer he ends up making the club you know in their name and they end up being part owners of the club and they finally have some acceptance and what that what the message there is you know stay true pretty much to yourself and if you feel like you don't make, you know, you don't really fit in, make your own, you know, make your own lane. And that's what they did. They said, OK, we're not getting into the, the top club, the Roxbury, the, the you know, the bouncers is hating on us. We ain't got the clout like that. So why not make our own club where everybody can be accepted? And that's what they went ahead and did. And, and you know, Zadir helped with that, of course. And uh, he was, you know, he saw them. He kind of well, what happened was uh, they get up to the club. And what they get to the they get to the bouncer, they're expecting to not get let in because the whole concept of the club was to put everything that's on the outside inside the club, and everything that's on the inside of the club on the outside. So you had chairs, you had lounge chairs on the outside. So the brothers is walking up to the club, they're like, "Man, what is this? This is our idea. They stole it. Boo, boo, boo." But they walk up to the club, they walk up to the bouncer, and it was so it was so cool how it happened. It's like, "Excuse me, uh." You know, And they said, oh, Butabis, come on in the club. They're like, what? Y'all let us in? Are you serious? Like, y'all didn't have to check the name? Oh, they just let us in the club. And so they get in the club, and Zadir so see them, and it's like, dude, where y'all been at? I've been trying to hook up with y'all for the longest. You see what I did? I took y'all I did, and what I did with it, y'all need to be up in here. Y'all made this with me. So, I mean, again, you, you, stick in your, you stay in your own lane. And you make your own lane if, if things ain't working for you, and that's what they did. Again, um, it was kind of like a goofy, kind of like a mice for men. Of course, there was no killing in the end and none of that. But you know, you got Will, Fer- Will Ferrell's character kind of playing like a, a Lenny type of like a, a Lenny type of character because, uh, you know, Doug comes up with the main idea for the club, and he's you know kind of pushing that forward. That was his main his main goal, and you know uh You know Steve not being the sharpest thinker, but you know he's very loyal. He stood by his brother. He pretty much supported his brother throughout the way. He pretty much had his back. And I think one of the funniest scenes is what they had to, uh they had together. And because again that that chemistry for this movie is pretty is pretty good. And and Will Ferrell is the type of actor. This is why I give him a lot of respect. Is especially when he's in a, a movie where he's a co star. He's sharing uh the main prominent role with somebody else. If you look at Step Brothers is a good another good example of this and uh maybe even like old school where he's working with multiple people and anchorman where he's working with multiple people his chemistry when it work, when it comes to working with other actors is so on point it's 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 unbelievable i mean i i think he went to usc wherever he went for acting classes and, and acting training he got some real real ass skills you know uh regardless of the situation that man is one of the best physical comedy actors out there and again his 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 um his way to 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 produce chemistry on on air with somebody or on screen with somebody is amazing uh there's this one scene uh with doug he's arguing with the dad he goes you cannot take away our dreams and here comes steve yeah because we're like sleeping when we have them i said oh my god (laughs) oh these dudes oh my god they're retarded but like (laughs) they work hard there about it and again you kind of see like you you do get a character arc for uh for what it's worth uh for doug again you know he was the um the reject guy he was like the like again they were both pretty thirsty but again you know you know chris chris's character doug was a little bit more on the creepier side a little bit maybe more of the abrasive kind of on on the abrasive side and uh you know he definitely got his fair share of rejections and all that. And again, he was getting, you know, kicked out of the clubs, you know, kick, you know kicked out of the clubs, even doing too much or not even getting lit in the club, you know, at all. In the case of the Roxbury, they had to really just, you know, kind of just force their way in there but in the end of the movie he finds his self-confidence he gains that and also you know with his idea of the club you know he becomes the winner that he wants he gets that acceptance that he wants he's able to have a club open his own idea his own idea for a club open and all his dreams pretty much you know his goals pretty much came true uh, so that you do see a character development there you know he's calms down he finally finds the woman he's been interested in which which was the credit card lady he's over there you know at his dad's job you know when he's supposed to be you know doing his work you know being a cashier because again his dad wants him to take over the business uh that business at least and he, you know because again he probably hadn't found his you know calling so again you know you, your parents got some money they come from some wealth they have something going it probably would seem obvious if you don't have your own plan to kind of say well come work here <laughs> so again you know he's working at the cashier and and he's trying to get at the credit card lady i guess he's really in love with her voice and all that so he's over here you know messing up customers credit cards on purpose just to call her and just to be able to spit game at her you know so there's a character development there because he finally you know is able to calm down from that craziness and he finds somebody you know a, a, a mate just as goofy as him so he finds that happiness and he you know he comes full circle as a character you also see a character development uh with steve Boutin happy as well now steve of course is a little bit on a slower track but again at, at some point he finds uh, a love interest and uh, he's able to stand up to the father and say look this is what i want to do with my life and he's right behind his brother, supporting his brother so they end up you know getting that success with that and again that's what molly Shannon's character emily was she was supposed to be uh well she came from money as well and that's pretty much why the father uh kamel wanted them to get married uh not necessarily because you know you know steve liked her but because she had money and you know she seemed to have an interest in steve and steve steve just being as passive as he was because again he's not probably the, the fastest tool in shit. shed not to say that he's retarded but he he's not the fastest tool in the shed so he kind of just was like hey you know i kind of go with the flow whatever you know yeah and you know that was the whole point. He wasn't gonna say anything, but again he you know, he knew he was, who he was into. He liked the hottie cop. That he couldn't he couldn't help it. He wanted to meet that girl in court and he was mad that he missed the court date. He's like, I'm sorry I missed the court date. <laughs> you know, he's so nonchalant and goofy. It's just oh God, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm see you in court. Like when he when he got pulled over by her like originally, he's all like, Yeah, you know, this is your you know, date that you have to be in court. He's like oh, yeah, I'll see you, haughty, ho, 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 you know, he's like, he's about to get it, I'm like, dude, you about to get it, you know, you about to pay a fine, but you ain't gonna get nobody's number, <laughs> but again, eventually, they meet up with each other again at the club, and even he turns around, and he finds her again, and they were able to hook up and all that, but again, you get to see, like, you know, one thing that I did, you know, like about this movie, because in a lot of these, you know, movies, they're, they're a depiction of life, you know, life imitates art, and sometimes vice versa, I mean, You got to see the 90s club scene. You got to see bots. You got to see them in action, what they go for. Oh, man. They look hella goofy, but they're with the club owner. So, you know, maybe we could do something. <laughs> like, come on, you saw that. You saw, you know, you know them getting rejected from a club. What, you know, oh, you're not cool enough. You saw that, you know, and that's what went on. This was going on. You know, you had a, a lively, a lively club scene. But if you were, I guess, the quote unquote loser, you wasn't about to enjoy that. But it was laughs. It was uh, some character arts. It was goofy as hell, uh, but it worked. And if it didn't work, you, wouldn't probably, you probably wouldn't see too much of, of, uh, of Will Ferrell. Uh, it ran for 82 minutes, but I thought it could have went a little bit longer because I feel like you could have kind of seen more of the development of the club, for one. Uh, you also could have seen a little bit more of the relationship. Um, maybe, you know, kind of the relationship being... For the brothers kind of mending a little bit more because again they had a fallout as well at some point in the movie, just because they were going in different directions. Uh they felt that they were going in different directions. And again, that was part of their character arc. Uh the dad really wanted uh Doug to take over the family business, uh, you know, get some responsibility in terms of that. But he was a dreamer, he had a plan, and he wasn't necessarily, you know, his plan didn't necessarily involve uh sticking to uh florist, the florist industry. And sometimes you gotta look at people like that and you have to respect them and maybe, you know. They're not, you know, maybe they're not even slow. Maybe they're not even, um, you know, it has nothing to do with that about their intelligence. Maybe they're just geared in a different way. You know, a lot of people are more geared toward artistry and and they probably wouldn't be good in a, um, a manufacturing machine line or like a yeah machine line type of setting they probably wouldn't do good necessarily in customer service you might have somebody who's a master welder but he might not be the greatest cashier in the world so it's not about people's intelligence it's about really what people are uh really into and really what drives them and it, and it seemed to be that you know the club scene yeah he did like to party he did like to engage and all that and want to hook up with girls but at the same time he did have an idea for a, a place that accepted other everyone in a place that was uh, you know different from every other club he did develop that sense of wanting to have that over the course of the movie and he went ahead and go and went ahead and did it and I feel like that's a really subtle message again I'm going to drive it home you know, if things ain't working for you in the main crowd, make your own, you know, make your own lane and go ahead and carve out your own, you know, your own legacy, your own story. Because he could have simply, yeah, worked for his father and did that, but it probably wouldn't have made him happy. It probably wouldn't have led to his, it probably wouldn't have led to what he have now, what he had now. So again, no matter where people stand with you, doesn't matter how people view your intelligence or anything else. Follow your dreams uh yeah and it and, and if you have a good idea if you keep working at that idea and not you know being so afraid and just find if just trying to find a way, keep trying to find a way, it probably will work out for you and a lot of you know and and a lot of times it will unless you give up or don't really try as hard as you should. Then it's gonna work out for you a lot, a lot of times, and it happened. It happened there in a really funny roundabout way, but it did. And I truly enjoyed the movie. I know people will give it a low score. I know Rotten Tomatoes, who I don't take seriously. I don't. They give it eleven percent, but I, I myself, um, I, I, on a on a scale of one to five, I could definitely give it a three. Um, it was definitely some good things about it. Again, it wasn't all the way there. It didn't. It wasn't all the way fleshed out. Of course, the character of the mother played by Lonnie Anderson. I didn't like her. She's an airhead. She's an airhead in every movie she's been in. I think her only claim to fame, and you can say what you want, Lonnie Anderson, only claim to fame. And look her up. Her only claim to fame, especially back then, was her boobs. She had some perky tits, and all the all the casting directors, much really liked her, and all that. They just kept putting her in all different types of movies, as the same type of mom character that was just an airhead, didn't offer nothing in terms of substance to any movie. Just just kind of there saying, like, okay. Okay boys. Yeah. That was she was a drag on the movie. I would have preferred somebody else. Uh she is not a great actress. I swear she is terrible. Um <laughs> oh it's like a just oh god okay Rick, you can do whatever you want yeah, yeah, yeah. don't fit the father in any type of way but again she probably was rich and that's probably why the dad married her that makes sense now that I know the dad, now that you now that you learn more about the movie you know you learn about characters Oh, okay yeah his dad uh, you see why he's you know he's pushing him to marry Sanderson so he obviously married his mom because she must have been rich because she's her head is a bag of rocks. That's almost, <laughs> and even in real life, I just feel like her her head is a sack of rocks. I don't know. I could have. I could be wrong. But just the way, in every movie, she just had that same airhead look, the same glassy eye look, like she just a stepford wife, but really just is lacking some cognitive thinking. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that uh I thought the movie was decent. You know, people will give it a hard time, but uh it made sense to me. It was funny. It was supposed to, supposed to make you laugh and it did. Uh there were a little bit there were times where they were a little bit too much. No, no. That was pretty much the sketch the sketch that they were basing it from and and they went they took it to the top. It was Hollywood and it was pretty much a time capsule for 1998 and in, in that club scene. So I loved it. I'm going to watch it again at some point in my life and i give i give the suggestion that people should watch it too it's funny do it all right y'all uh, of course we have more will fear to talk about uh, my next will Ferrell review i'm gonna review uh reviewing some of his older snl sketches uh they're pretty interesting to say the least they're pretty funny uh we're gonna be going over uh well i'll just get to them when i get to them uh but my very next episode uh for uh, never out of bounds of course In terms of the news and everything like that, uh, we're going to have some uh, NBA action tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be going over the scores and the standings there. Uh, We'll also be going over some college basketball as well. So look out for that. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about Trump's impeachment trial. Of course, he was acquitted. We're going to talk a little bit about that and some more assorted news throughout the world. And throughout the U.S., and of course, maybe even some local news in California as well. And then uh, we'll talk about some NFL action as well. So that's what we got planned for the weekend. Uh, as far as some other welfare reviews, I will be going over Anchorman, and I think I will be going over one of his newer films, uh, Casa de Padre. And that's just to name some of the few. I started this week a little bit uh, later. I wanted to start by Wednesday and cap it off by Wednesday. But since I started off Friday, I'll be capping this off Friday. So, uh... You know, my next review of course will be some SNL sketches by him. So look out for that for Will Ferrell, that is. And uh as for the rest of the show, like I said, some sports, some news, uh, look out for that. I will be I will be arriving shortly with all that as well. So look out for all that this weekend. I'll be busy. Don't worry. I know I gotta catch up with you guys, but thank you guys for being uh for being as you know for being supportive as you can be uh, for me trying to, uh, you know, get a recording schedule going to get, you know, a pace going for myself and just trying to figure out what content I want to put out there. Thank you for always listening. Thank you for always taking your time. And uh, if anybody hasn't hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, Peace out. One love. If you are trying to get out, get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler 75 at gmail.com. That is E L J Butler b u t l e r at uh, sorry 75 at gmail.com once again that is l j butler 75 at gmail.com eljbutler butler 75 at gmail.com uh what else we have the facebook page l jama johnny e l j a m a h a d j a and i we got the uh instagram which is simply l jama E-L-J-A-M-A-H. And then finally, we have uh, the Never Out of Balance Facebook page. Look that up there as well. I have links. I have uh, content that I've shared uh, that I'm sharing from others. Uh, so, you know, feel free to look that up as well. All right, y'all. This is your man, L. Jamal. Sign out once again. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all day. Oh, and remember, everybody, it truly is a beautiful life.